0: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Mom on the Verge podcast, where I aim to help you improve your sense of joy, purpose, and meaning in this life. We will talk about a lot of different ways we can do this, but ultimately, we'll be working toward finding our way back home to ourselves and remembering that even in the most challenging times, peace is only a breath away. I am your host, Katie Farinas, a mom, nurse, and yogi on a mission to improve mental health and build community in our world. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. On today's episode, I will be speaking with Kirsten Wild, and she is a fellow yogi, so we have a lot in common, but Kirsten, um, she'll tell you the story, her story in the beginning of the episode, but basically from some traumatic events that occurred in her life, she decided to give up everything and go on a journey to find herself, and she did. And she's taking all the lessons that she learned from that experience and she's bringing them back to help other women learn the same thing but maybe in a less dramatic way than she, she found the lessons. So she has so much to share and a lot to share on intuition and how we tap into our in, intuition and access it. Um, and I just think you're really going to enjoy it. So. Um, enjoy the conversation. I do want to remind you that you can download my uh, free guide, Spiritual Practices for Busy Moms, on my uh, Instagram and on my Facebook um, bios, um, as well as you can just email me and I will send it to you as well. Um, you can access it actually also in the show notes, of the show notes of this show as well. Um, I also do want to put out there that I am going to offer a four week meditation series um, starting in December. I was thinking that it's a really stressful time of the year and we do so much for other people. And I think that we should do a little something for ourselves and we should take some time to give give ourselves some space and peace uh, in a season that can be really chaotic and hectic. So if you're interested in doing that, just keep listening because I will be sharing details soon about how we're going to do that and what that's going to look like. Um, it'll probably be once a week for the four weeks of December. Uh, it's a beautiful way to, um, give yourself something the ho- this holiday season and take one little step towards reclaiming your own intuition because meditation is a beautiful way of stepping closer to your intuition. So, Be on the uh, lookout for that, ears and eyes open for that, and I will be sending out more details shortly. Okay, enjoy the episode, and as always, I will see you at the end. All right, hi. Kirsten Wild. Did I say that right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Um, So I wanted you to come talk to my audience because I found you on social media and I thought you had a really great message for moms out there about, you call it finding your wild, but I think it's kind of akin to following your intuition. Um, So I'd love for you to just give us a little bit of your background story about how you came to do what you do and, and why you feel it's so important, and then we'll we'll dive into the meat of the topic.
1: Okay, wonderful. And uh, uh thank you so much for sharing your audience with me, and, and I'm happy to share and answer all the questions, and I'm excited to dig in. So uh yeah, as you mentioned, I'm Kirsten Wild. I am originally uh, from Michigan, so from the Midwest, and I have a background and career in marketing and communications in the nonprofit sector, and I pretty much have always been a yogi. Um, I started practicing when I was about fifteen years old. And so now, on like eighteen plus years. Um and then, as I, you know, got older, got into my career f- uh, phase, I ended up in a relationship with my ex-husband, who um I learned later on after I had got married, was an alcoholic and a drug addict. and, We were not married for too long before uh, he kind of took a downward spiral and decided recovery was not for him anymore. Uh, That created a lot of turmoil, a lot of trauma in my life. Uh, But luckily, leading up to that, I had decided to sign up for my yoga teacher training. And that program was really emphasized on self-love. And that was really the first decision that I had made in so many years of caring for him and taking care of his needs and making sure he was mentally healthy um, it was really the first time I had chose to do something for me. And so that was a very radical change for me. And this really supported me as I made the toughest decision of my life, which was to leave my partner, uh, for my own safety and really be able to choose myself. And I really don't think I would have been able to do that without my yoga training and without learning, uh, my intuition. And so that's when I talk about reclaiming my while, that's really the point, um, where is really important to me? Digging back into your true authentic self and being able to make these steps and these changes for you, and realizing that your whole life cannot be to serve other people. Uh, and so, when I did get divorced, I was given the option to change my name back to my maiden name, but instead I chose to uh, choose my own name, which is wild. So, it's always a reminder to listen to my intuition, listen to my gut um, that. Had I made those decisions in the beginning, I would have never had to go through this, but ultimately I did make that decision. And so it's just a reminder to always choose that. And so really my journey since then, in the last few years, after I parted, um, about a year after that, I had decided it's no more, it's, I don't know what anything is anymore, right? I need to redefine and refigure out what even brings me joy because I don't even know anymore because my whole life has been for someone else. And So I decided to leave my career, I decided to sell my house, I decided to sell all my belongings, and I packed up in my RAV4 and I took off across the country on my own. And so for about a year and a half, I traveled full time and I just said yes to opportunities that I thought I might enjoy. So um, during that time, I am now a rock climber, which is something I wanted to try for my entire life and never had access to. Um, I did a lot of hiking, exploring, just visiting all the places camping out of my car. Um, And, you know, a lot of people told me that's crazy. That's not safe. You can't do that. But really I had by that point spent so much time um, on my own self-discovery my own self-love that it really didn't matter. Um, You know what those people said, because I knew that was what I needed and what was right for me. Um, And so, yeah, I eventually then landed where I am now, which is in Southern Utah, one of the places I just fell in love with on my journey. And during that time of um, just separating myself from, you know, all those expectations, I was able to dig deep into what I really wanted, and what I really wanted was to be able to share this power of uh, what's possible when you reclaim your wild and tap into your intuition. And it's just my passion to share that with other women who may be, you know, wondering what's out there. That's, that's
0: amazing. And I want to go back to one of the things you said, because it really struck a chord with me. And I think it will, with my audience, because as we discussed before we started recording that it's, you know, I think it's primarily moms listening um, to this podcast. And I remember at one point saying I don't even know what I like anymore. I don't even know what brings me joy anymore. I don't even know what I want anymore. If there's a moment when I don't have my children around and I I have actually feel like somewhat caught up on all of my responsibilities at home, I can't even tell you how I want to spend my time. Like I just, it's a complete loss of self because you wind Mm -hmm. up putting so much time and energy into caring for your children, which of course you love them to death and that's what you want to do. But- Remembering yourself is important too. So it's it's you can't give them your best self if you can't even find yourself.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so I think that will resonate a lot with my audience. and um, you know, I just think that it's great that you're helping other moms out there find themselves again because I'll talk a little bit about your coaching program as well. So you've come back to Utah and settled there and started this coaching program
1: yeah, so what I realized was that, um, you know, I had been I had become a yoga teacher, and so many people go into these yoga studios and they they're there, and, you know, people connect with it and they say, oh, this is this is amazing. you know i've I found this piece for this moment' and then they go back to their regular life, and they don't really know how to find that themselves. And so what I'm really passionate about is helping women find that for themselves. So uh, through my coaching program, through my fully integrated you know self love program, not only do we work on, connecting in with the intuition and journaling and all of those things and, and finding resources to, um, you know, connect and find that breath. Uh, I'm teaching them, how to teach themselves yoga, right? So it's kind of like a, a yoga teacher training program, but it's not to teach anybody else. It's to teach you yourself because we all have really different needs and different life experiences. And the only person that can possibly know what you need and what is going to help you is yourself. And so it's mm-hmm. teaching you how to tap into that. Um, You know, I have had clients in the past where, you know, one of them, right, is a mom of, Uh, some teenagers and she's finally, you know, realizing this is time for her and she's been interested in yoga, but she's, you know, she was scared to get down on the floor because she didn't think she'd be able to get back up. Mm -hmm. Right. And she went through this program and she designed yoga for her. So she just amazed me because the classes that she wrote for herself were, how to do five minute yoga in the shower while she was getting ready in the morning. And she was telling me about these practices that she learned how um, to incorporate into brushing her teeth. And she's like, you know, the first few times, My husband looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what are you doing while you're brushing your teeth? But now it's a normal part of it. And it just helps her in her own way. And so knowing that you're not going to be, you know, when you go to a yoga studio and you take a class, and I think that's beautiful and wonderful for its own thing. It's never, the teacher's never going to be able to give you exactly what you need because it's a class full of people. And so being able to listen into that and tap into that, I think is really vital and really important.
0: I totally agree. And there's, there's so much there. There's so much there. So it's, it's basically learning to trust yourself and not care what it looks like or what other people think. And, uh, you know, you and I were discussing again, before we started this call that when I first went to yoga, it was very asana based. It was very, you know, the physical postures and, I've always been um, a student I I love to learn and I always love school and I always took you know my teachers what they had to say very seriously and I thought that they were the expert right so I, I gave them that title the expert and so the same thing kind of applied when I walked into a yoga studio there was a yoga teacher and that person was the expert and so mm-hmm. I should be listening to them and what they say to do and how to you know how to be in the posture and what it feels like in your body and, and so on and so forth but in a yoga class, the teacher is not the expert, right? The teacher is the guide. And exactly. so you, I, over time, I learned how to listen to my own body. And, and that's like listening to your intuition and modifying when I needed to and resting when I needed to and skipping an entire pose when I needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, or doing a different pose than what the teacher called. But that, it was It was really hard to learn how to do that because I'm sitting there thinking, well, what is the teacher going to think? What are the students around me going to think? Mm -hmm. Maybe I should just push myself. I should probably just push myself. I mean, that's why I'm here to get exercise, right? Like this is a harder (laughs) pose. I should definitely push myself. Um, But I actually wound up um, suffering from chronic migraine after the birth of my second child. And I just physically could not, do what most people could do and Mm -hmm. I wound up a lot of yoga classes just laying on the mat uh, Mm -hmm. and doing nothing except for breathing Mm -hmm. uh, and a few poses that I could do and and it really it broke me open to say it's okay nothing happened right the big scary thing didn't happen the teacher didn't call me out the students didn't Mm -hmm. call me out in fact no one even noticed me and if they did they didn't say a word about it and it was that little window where I, I got the opportunity to say, it's, I give myself permission to trust my intuition and that someone outside of me is not the expert. I am the expert. And I think that's a really big lesson for women to learn.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I know just listening for me, you, you know, you're not alone in that. I think that I would say a majority of the people that come to yoga class, especially in the beginning, have that same thought process, right? Like, what is everyone going to think of me and and how do I do it right? You know, I've had students come up to me and say, can you please tell me the right way to do this? And there's no right way except for the way that works for you. And so, yeah, it's a constant reminder um, when I'm teaching of, you know, I'm not the teacher. Your body's the teacher. You know, I'm just a guide. If what I'm offering doesn't serve you, do not do it you know, do whatever, you know, theoretically, this is how anatomy works, but everybody's different. And even if it's anatomically correct, quote unquote, correct for you mm-hmm. might not feel right. And, and yeah, so every opportunity I can, I just like to teach uh, and, and offer that and, and help women realize that, yeah, they have to listen in. That's that's the way.
0: And so then how do you help them translate that to their lives off the mat? So they can learn to do that on the mat on that very sacred space. Then how do they take it into their everyday lives?
1: Yes. So I think like we were talking about before we hit record, right, that the intuition and listening to intuition can be this very hard to approach topic or or maybe scary for some women that say, I don't. I don't even know what that is anymore. I don't know if it's even speaking anymore. And recognize and honoring that it's always there. It's just that, you know, we have to like turn that volume up a little bit. We need to listen in. And as we were mentioning the first way, right, is that physical practice. I think that's the most approachable way of starting to listen into our physical our physical body and what it's telling us and what we need and and being able to experiment with that. and, then going a a bit deeper, right, is after we check in with our physical body, we check in with our emotional body, our intellectual body, and our spiritual body, and understanding what's going on. And I think just like with the physical body, the first step there is really bringing awareness. So we cannot um, change, we cannot do anything different without that first awareness. So I really work with my clients on journaling and being able to Uh, really reflect on all of those things and how they're working together so that we can start listening to some of those deeper messages. So one of the most um, approachable ways that I like to work with is called the PIES method. If you've heard of it before, um, it's an acronym. It starts uh, with P. P is our physical body. I is our intellectual body. E is our emotional body. And S is our spiritual body. So I do this myself in my journal after I'm done journaling, whatever, every day I write down P I E S and I write how I'm feeling in my physical body. And again, this is just bringing awareness. So no judgment no story with it, just what are you feeling in your physical body? And that's, mm-hmm. you know, what we're working with on the mat, right? With our physical asana practice. I is our intellectual body. Again, no uh, judgment along this, just what's on your brain. Are you in the past? Are you in the future? Are you on a to-do list? Like, what are these thoughts that you're continuing to have in your head? E is emotional. How do I feel? Um, you know, am I feeling anxious? Am I feeling excited? What is it? And then as spiritual, you know, this means something a little bit different for everybody. Um, it could be religion. It could be how you're feeling with your intuition. And the most simplified version I like to think of it is just your breath. What, how are you, are you connected with your breath today? How is the breath? Um, And then being able to reflect and see how those things are affecting each other alongside your journal. And then you start, then you get to this really fun spot where you get to experiment and play. And you're like, let me try something new this week and see how it affects each of these things. And you have that recording and you can look back on it and say, okay, that did serve me or that didn't serve me. And then either letting it go or trying to continue it and see if that helps things moving forward.
0: That's great. I love that. I've never heard that particular um, exercise. And I think it's great. And I think it's doable for even busy moms, um, because you can take 10 or 15 minutes um, to to do that journal entry. And I think it can be really powerful, a really powerful use of, of a few minutes of your day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even if that intimidates women, right, I don't have time to journal or whatever, you know, my kids are always distracting me. I can't take that time. Um, Another good recommendation, of course, you're not going to have that documentation of it. But I like to also offer that the first, like right when you wake up in the morning, doing that just in your head, just taking quick stock of it. Um, Because even though you're not writing it down, you're again, bringing awareness. And so Mm -hmm. when you start to regularly bring that awareness, you can start to influence and change it. Yes,
0: and morning practices I think are really important. The way we start our day really sets the tone for the yeah. rest of the day. So it's it's good
1: to have a morning practice, even if it's something really brief like that when you first open yeah. your eyes. Absolutely. Yeah, and maybe don't open your eyes. You know, if your kids are there mm-hmm. and they see that as soon as you're awake, it's it's their time. Right? <laughs> yes. Close your eyes, like keep your eyes and like don't you're still asleep. Pretend you're still asleep. <laughs> you yes. know, and just do that for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's
0: so true. Uh, moms have to come up with all kinds of tricks to sneak in. Yeah. Like (laughs) A little bit of uh, a little bit of self time there. (laughs) Um, So as you're working with women, do you find that there is resistance to, to following their intuition or to taking time for themselves? And, and if you find that resistance, how do you work with them to, to work through it?
1: Yeah. I think the biggest resistance that I find is women feeling that they know it's important. It's, they know they need to take the time. They know self-love that, that you know, everybody knows that that's important, right? We hear that. Um, but working through the guilt of it, right? Because I have, I have children to care for. I have parents to care for whoever to care for. And it is selfish of me to take this time for me, you know, or on the other hand, it is unproductive. Right. And so these are these mindsets that we have that I, I really think are, are, Are difficult to push past. Um, And so the thing that I like to offer the most often is what we were talking about earlier, how you cannot pour from an, um, an empty cup, right? So if you are truly motivated by, you know, giving your time, your attention to others, think about how more valuable that time will be for someone else if you're first aligned and have done what you need to for yourself. And think about how more, you know, on the productive side of it, How more productive are you going to be if you go take a five minute walk and clear your head and it's not all jumbled up, you're going to be able to think clearly. And so thinking of it, you know, we have this mindset of we must serve others, right? Um, Thinking of taking time for ourselves as it actually is serving others in the same way that it is serving us. So yeah. yeah,
0: I totally, I totally agree with that. And I've seen it in my own life that I can be a better version of myself, for my kids, for my husband, for I'm a nurse, for my patients, for everyone who enters my orbit, um, if I take that, that time for myself, but, and then, and it can be really challenging and that's not to downplay how difficult it can be, but it's, yeah. it's, I have found definitely worth the effort. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I'm curious, cause again, I've seen this in my own life. So I'm curious if you've seen it in your, in your, like, I want to say patience because I'm a nurse and that's the word I use to your clients. I had a real intuition block for many years and mm-hmm. I really wasn't able to access my intuition and I um, was just struggling to find it again, I guess. But yet there were times where it would come in but I would ignore it. That was the other thing. I would either struggle to access it or it would come in, but for whatever reason, I wouldn't trust it and I would ignore it. And then I would be immediately frustrated that I had ignored it because something bad would happen or something frustrating would happen or things wouldn't work out the way that I wanted them to. And as soon as I started learning to really access the intuition and follow it, even if it didn't make a hundred percent sense at the in mm-hmm. the moment, mm-hmm. I found that life became so much smoother. Mm-hmm. There were so many more synchronicities and things just fell into place better. Uh, it actually like made my life much easier by following my intuition. So have you found that in your
1: clients? Oh, yeah, for sure. In my clients and in my own life, right? Um, some of these major decisions and um, and I think that something along, I, I'll get back to the question in a second, but I just was thinking of this side piece of, you know, you mentioned not listening to it and then things don't go your way, right? So taking that as a learning opportunity, but also giving yourself grace that it's okay that you made that decision because now you're going to learn from it. And that experience is actually helping to shape and guide you within whatever that next decision might be. Um, but yeah, with with being able to trust it, you know, we come back to this word of trust. And I think that comes back to do we trust ourselves? Do we trust our intuition comes from do we trust ourselves? And that comes from that daily, regular opportunity for are we showing up for ourselves? Because if we're not, we're not going to trust ourselves. So I like to use the analogy of right, you meet a new person. And you decide, okay, am I going to trust this person or not? And you say, hey, let's get together tomorrow. At noon for lunch and then tomorrow it's noon and they show up and they're there and they're, you know, they're present and you have a great time and you're like, oh, this might be something really cool. Let's try this again next Tuesday. And then they show up and they're there and you build this trust with them. Right. How many times do we make a promise to ourselves and we don't show up? Right. We say tomorrow morning I'm going to set the alarm 20 minutes early and I'm going to go take a walk. And then it's the next morning and not only do you hit snooze on it, you don't even check in with yourself. You just go back to sleep. So you haven't even, you know, connected with your friend, right. To let her know, Hey, something's come up, nothing. You just totally bail on yourself. And it's really easy to do, right. Because we don't feel um, like we're letting someone else down. We're, we're only letting ourselves down. So it doesn't matter. But in that, what we're doing is we're breaking our trust with ourselves. So I think something that's really important for women, especially who feel like they're short on time and things like that, that sometimes that amount of time that you show up for yourself isn't even as important as actually just showing up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, doing something simple, like we talked about that pies method of, okay, I'm going to do that tomorrow and then actually following through and doing it. And then making another small promise to yourself, that's building that trust within so that you can actually start to trust those messages that are coming in as well, because we trust ourselves. Like, you know, you wouldn't, if someone gave you advice and it was not somebody that you trusted in your life, you're not going to listen. Why would you, right? You're going to ignore it. So same thing with ourselves and being able to show up for ourselves, trust ourselves, and then in turn, trust that intuition and actually listen to it and, and take it when we hear it.
0: Yes, that's, that's great advice because I, you know, as you're describing that it's reminding me of that, um, it's an analogy that's used in many different ways, but it's like building a muscle. So the Mm -hmm. more that you show up for yourself and you actually follow your intuition and you build that trust with yourself, you're building that muscle of trust and intuition and the stronger, the more times you do that, the stronger the intuition gets, the greater the trust is, and that you'll. It'll become easier. It'll become easier to hear the intuition and follow it. Um, And sometimes that looks like maybe I said tomorrow I was going to get up and journal, but I wake up. I've had a rough night's sleep. Three kids have been in my bed. You know, I (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. exhausted. I've got to get to work. And I said I was going to journal, and now I feel this pressure. I I have to journal. Mm -hmm. But maybe Mm -hmm. the intuition is it's okay. I'm giving myself Mm -hmm. grace this morning. I'm just going to keep my eyes closed and do it in my head this morning because I don't have time to do the journaling piece. And I'm not going to place any shame or guilt on myself. I'm following my intuition. My intuition says it's going to be actually more stressful for me to do that longer version of this practice than today to do the easier version of practice. So it's, and again, that's a fine line. There are a lot of people out there who promote, I think, a very rigorous types of practices that are pretty, there's not a lot of wiggle room. And I personally, and for some people, I think that works for some personalities. I do think that works. And if that Mm -hmm. is somebody out there is listening to that, and that is something that works for you. Fantastic. Go for it. Um, But for a lot of people, I think there can be a lot of feelings of I failed Mm -hmm. because I said I was going to do this thing and I just didn't have the time or the energy to do it. So find a modified way of doing it and come coming back to yoga, right? So maybe you're not doing, uh, you know, the downward dog because today it, you're just too tired for the downward dog and you're just going to be on all fours and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so giving yourself a little grace, um, it, I think is really important too.
1: Absolutely. And I think that self-compassion goes a long way. And again, it's like going back to the analogy of this new friend, right? Um, they can't make lunch you know, the next day, because whatever has come up and they don't call you and they don't check in and they don't do anything, your trust is gone. Right. But if they connect with you and they say, Hey, I can't do it today, but I would still love to connect. You're still important. And here's something else that we can do instead, or a different day, then you're still willing to build that trust with them because they've shown that you're important. So just like, you know, that same example you say of modifying, We're showing ourselves that, hey, we can't follow through on the commitment that we did have, but we still care about you. we still, you know, you're still important. This is still a priority, but how can we make it work with what's going on in the present moment?
0: Yeah. Self-compassion, coming back to that self-compassion, which again is something I think women really struggle with self-compassion. I don't, I think it may be in the culture. I'm not sure where that comes from, but it's, it's just something that I hear over and over again, the, the guilt that women carry around, um, and teaching them to release that I think is, it's really important work because powerful for sure. Yeah. Powerful because when women can feel free to step into their authentic selves and not be afraid of what anyone thinks or says or does, then they can really impact the world
1: in positive ways. So, yes. And, and speaking to that as well, of course, um, stepping into their own true power and, and listening to themselves, not only are they doing that for themselves that they can then help others in a more compassionate way. They're actually, ins- you know, you inspire other people to give them the freedom that they can do that for themselves as well, which I yes. think is just the best part about it, you know? it. Yeah,
0: it absolutely is. It's one of the reasons that I started this podcast. It's what I hope that women are getting out of it is this, you know, permission, to yes. be themselves. Yes. The, the first time I ever um, walked into a yoga class, the yoga teacher said, I hope that you feel held today. And mm-hmm. I was pretty young and I was like, what is she talking about? Yes. I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> um, but you know, over time, I've really come to understand the true meaning of that. And, and my intention for this podcast is that women listen to it and they feel held they feel safe, they feel seen, they feel, um, like they're not alone and that it gives them courage to be themselves. So that's, I think, I think we can change the world if we do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what do you do on a regular basis to follow your intuition? Do you have certain practices that you follow?
1: Yeah. So journaling is a big part of it. Um, I do that same pies method that I mentioned earlier. So journaling looks a little bit different for everybody, right? Because some people could be really intimidated by, you know, a pen and paper and that open page. And um, I happen to be a writer. So it comes to me naturally, but, you know, journaling doesn't have to be um, any kind of format. That's the beauty of it, right? It's your own expression. So journaling could be making a list journaling. It could be writing without, you know, that, that fluid thought of just, just writing whatever's on your mind. Um, but I really like to use it as that way to tap in. So rather than just listing, this is what I did today. Um, it's, it's more about, this is how I'm feeling and this is what I'd like to try and, and, and things like that, which journal prompts can be super helpful. I work with my clients on journal prompts constantly in order to dig in, but yeah, journaling is definitely one of them. And then I end my journal with that pies method and it's nice to be able to go back and and see what's working, what's not. Um, Being out in nature is really, really vital and important to me. That's how I really connect in. And so I have made it a point, especially in the last few months here, which has been difficult because it's been so hot, but to go out for a walk every single morning and building those habits because sometimes it's still hard to get out of bed when I've got something early in the morning and I have to get up extra early now to go for a walk. But again, it's making those modifications, right? So my goal is you know, one or two miles a day, but, you know, yesterday I had a lot going on. So I literally just took a a walk around the block. It took me three minutes and that was all I could fit in that day, but really being able to get some fresh air, get some sunshine first thing in the morning. And I'll tell you what, even though I went out for three minutes, I got to see a rainbow and it was beautiful. And so, yeah, really, um, taking those time, uh, first thing in the morning to do what I need to for me before I start giving to everybody else is really, really important to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And the first thing in the morning, so I am not a morning person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyone who knows me listening to this podcast they're like oh yeah it's like my very closest friends call me princess of slumber uh so Mm -hmm. I really I really don't do mornings but I really do believe in a morning practice um and I try to get it in in the morning but for those moms with school-age kids sometimes Mm -hmm. I find that when you're the morning is just hectic and you're running around and packing lunches and getting breakfast and getting them to the school bus if I miss my opportunity prior to all that mayhem if I can get them on the bus and then do my morning routine it's still Mm -hmm. really impactful for my day yeah so again modification modification it's it's you know finding ways to work it in to your life um that and it's it's not to check a box right it's not because oh somebody said this is good for me so I should
1: do it it's so that you can have the best day possible and feel your best. Yeah. Yeah. And what that morning routine looks like, you know, that's all back to that, like experimentation, right? So checking in and then guessing, right? Like, okay, I'm feeling this. So maybe it's a stretch and maybe you try that And then you can reflect, did that work? Or did that not, you know, try it out for a week. And then if it doesn't serve you again, let it go and try something different. Don't just, you know, start a morning routine that somebody else says that you should do, do something um, and experiment, you know, it doesn't have to work the first five, 10 times, whatever it is, but you'll find it um, and you'll figure out what works for you because you know, everybody's different. So yeah,
0: that's so true. That experimentation piece is enormous. And again, coming back to, you know, giving yourself permission there is no expert outside of you. So yeah, Yeah. give yourself permission to, to really experiment. Um, How about meditation? Do you dabble at all in meditation? I do
1: meditation. I really wish that it's one of those things, right. That I've got that guilt around that. I should really do that more because it's so beneficial. Um, But I really believe that meditation is not, you know, this generic, you have to sit there with your eyes closed and be still and, you know, no thoughts in your brain, like there are many other ways to meditate. And so I really use my walking as a meditation, um, because it really helps me to get present. And so for me, meditation is anything, any practice that lets you get present in the moment. And so, for example, sometimes when I'm taking a walk, um, and it's a really, you know, beautiful spring day, and I'm noticing flowers, I'm like, let me count how many different flowers I can experience on my walk today and that brings me visually present that brings me mentally present and um you know so that's that's a meditation that I do regularly and I think that's a way especially for women too that think that you know they don't they don't have the time to to sit there and be still um you can do it when you're around people you can do it um anytime anytime that you just like pause and realize your present moment I think is a form of meditation I 100% agree yes
0: And really taking in the moment, like you're saying, and, and, you know, moms with even young children, I I remember when my kids really little, sometimes just getting caught up looking at them, you know, they were, Mm -hmm. whatever they were doing, you know, for whatever reason, who knows why I just stopped and really looked at them, right. Really looked at them. And felt that love that, you know, a mom feels for their child. And then it was, blah, you know, back on to the, back to the mayhem. Right. Um, <laughs> but for those few seconds, it was really beautiful and peaceful. And I think that's a meditation, you know, so we, Absolutely. we don't have to be so formal about it all the time, but mm-hmm. also there's no right way to meditate again. Like, right. you know, people say, I, I'm afraid I'm not doing it right. You're, you're doing it right. You're, if you're trying to be present, if you're trying to just be here now, you're doing it mm-hmm.
1: right. Yeah. 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 I like to offer as well. I have um, a lot of clients that are, you know, they work the typical office job and they have to be in lots of meetings and things like that. And I, I always offer this challenge of like, Hey, meditate while you're in a work meeting, right? Maybe it's on zoom. Maybe it's in the, (laughs) in the class. Nobody has to know you're doing it. You can still listen exactly what you do, but all you do is you just become aware of your breath and like start to tap back in, you know, your eyes are still open. You're still in, you know, you might probably not talking at the moment, but you're just taking, you know, three intentional breaths and really bring yourself back into that moment. So, yeah. Yeah. So people don't even have to know that you're doing it. That's you know. that's so true. That's so true. How about for,
0: for people who have been, you know, lost to their intuition, to their wild side for a long time, yeah. um, and they're trying to do the method that you were talking about. Tell me the name again. Pies. Pies, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or let's say they're trying to make a decision about something, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. I really want to follow my intuition. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, just out of practice. They haven't built their muscle yep. up. What would be some of the things they might experience in their body or in their emotions, or or how might it feel for them to know that, oh, I think I've tapped my intuition if they're yeah. just questioning themselves?
1: Yeah. Um, so sinking into eat like the pies method. Right. And maybe journaling it, but maybe just, you know, closing your eyes and sinking in. And what I like to do is I like to think, okay, I'm feeling, you know, I'm trying to make this decision. I'm feeling really anxious about it. And then I close my eyes and where do I feel that in my body? You know, I feel it. Okay. I feel it in my chest. There's a tightening in my chest. And what does that look like? What, you know, what color is it? What shape does it take? And then being able to then, you know, visualize that, you know, that this is what's going on within me and then asking, okay, if I make this decision, A, how does it look? How does it feel? How does it change? If I make decision B, how does it look? How does it feel? How does it change? And being able to observe what the brain does at that point of, okay, does it feel more freeing? Does it feel more clenched up? Does it feel tighter? And what, you know, if I chose a, what if I didn't choose a, how does that feel? You know, maybe there's a completely different choice. Um, so yeah, being able to really sink into to that and being able to listen in that way, I think is another uh, important and perhaps helpful practice.
0: Okay. So basically what you're saying is try to get still and quiet Think Mm -hmm. about each of your options, and then see how you feel in your body and in your Mm -hmm. emotional landscape. And Mm -hmm. usually, the right decision will be where you feel better in your body and better in your emotions.
1: Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's the other option too to work with journaling too. That I like to use is asking the question and being, you know, honest with yourself. If nobody else. If nobody else had it, if I didn't care what anybody else thought about my decision, if nobody's opinion mattered, which choice would I make? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be your choice. Okay. You know, and you, you still might have hesitations and you still might decide to choose something else because, um, you know making a decision when other people are involved, especially, you know, children that you might care for, that's a hard thing to do. And so maybe you can't always make the decision that serves your heart, um, but becoming aware of it. Yeah. If nobody else judged me, if I didn't care, if anybody else thought about my decision, what would it be? Okay. That's good. Is
0: there, so you actually, the last piece of what you just said made me think of something else. So you know, sometimes we have desires that are just seemingly unpractical, practical for our lives in the moment. So, you know, maybe I I love to travel. And Mm -hmm. when my children were young, I, it was just very hard. It was very hard to travel. You have these young kids and sleep schedules and trying to find a babysitter and it's a lot. So is there a way you help women work with desires that are maybe challenging for them at that particular stage of their life. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, One of the things that I work through with clients in my larger uh, signature program is, right, we talk about these dreams that we want to achieve. And so knowing that even if it's not the right timing at that moment, what steps can we take towards it? And so it's really building this vision creator in terms of what can I do now to set myself up for this ultimate goal or ultimate thing that I want to do. So for example, my timeline was very much shortened, but when I made the decision that I was going to um, go off and travel full-time, I was not in a position where I could do it right away, even though I really wanted to. And the reasons were financial, the reasons were I had responsibilities that I still had to fulfill. And I also just wasn't in a space of healing yet, right, to be going off on my own. So I actually thought, okay, when is my date that I could make all of this happen? And then backing it up from there and starting to make the plan all the way back to the point of what can I do today to set myself up for that future? Um, And so I really work with women on that level as well to see what those things that are attainable and when we need to get to those, you know, kind of stepping stones, but knowing that if you're not starting to take those small steps now, are you really ever going to get there if you don't have that plan in place? And it also, I think, gives them this agency of, okay, I'm not there yet, but there is something that I can do to set myself up for success and make it still happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's great because I think a lot of times women, that's one of the reasons why we forget our dreams is yeah. that we think, well, this is just not realistic. This is not yeah. attainable. And so I I just can't do it uh, versus saying it, it just can't happen right now, but it can mm-hmm. happen. And your dream is valid and you mm-hmm. are worthy of attaining it. And yeah. you can take these steps. And as long as you're continuously working towards it, the dream is always alive, which I think is, yeah. it's yeah. huge for your soul. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that was all wonderful. Is there
1: anything else that you would like to share? Um. Yeah, just that, Um. you know, it, it really is possible to really just start with these small steps. Like we were just talking about, whether that's towards a dream or maybe that's just towards like, oh, I need to just like, you know, find a way to chill out and be more present with my kids, right? All of that is attainable with these small steps. Um, One thing that I would love to share is that I do have this, you know, longer program for women that, you know, find that they do have the time at this point in their lives to invest in it. Um, But, you know, knowing that time is an issue, knowing that finances are an issue, um, what I've created is this wild woman collective membership, super affordable. um, And The whole idea is that it just takes 15 minutes a week. So being able to break that up into chunks or however you'd like, um, it's one journaling prompt. It's one rewilding activity, as I call it, some way to tap in to become present um, and then a monthly yoga class as well. And that's, um, you know, all... Super affordable. That is my target for that is to just show you that you can start to make these small steps, even if you feel like you don't have time, even if you feel like finances are an issue. Um, And so if anybody is interested in joining that, I would love to have you part of it comes with, um, you know, that support system of other women that are, you know, going through that same thing. And the women that are in there right now are just, they blow me away. They're incredibly supportive. So loving, compassionate, opening, open, vulnerable. Um, It's really amazing to see. Yeah.
0: And, and really there's, um, there's nothing like community community is so important.
1: Such a difference. It
0: really does. And, uh, you know, women need to know they're worth it. They're worth it to spend the money to surround themselves with like-minded people who are, will support them on their journey. So that's, that's wonderful. So where can they find you if people are interested in this group or any of your other offerings, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, that group, the best way um, is wildbraveyoga.com wildwoman wild um, has all of the details there you can enroll. Um, but if you have any questions about it, or you want to connect with me first to kind of see if it's a good fit for you. I'm most active on Instagram at wildwandering.life or you can find me via email through my website, which is also wildwandering.life um, instead of a.com. It's dot L-I-F-E. Okay,
0: great. And I will put all that in the show notes. So nobody has to remember it because moms don't have memories. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with everyone. I really think people are going to get a lot out of this conversation.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie, for having me. It's been such a pleasure to to share and connect on this. Yeah, absolutely. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did too. I am pretty sure you know what mindfulness exercise I am going to invite you to do this week, and it is Kirsten's PIES exercise. So I'll go through it again here, and of course it will be in the newsletter, but PIES stands for physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual. So what Kirsten recommended was to journal, and um use this as these as journal prompts that you can journal on each day and then look back on from day to day to see if you see trends or things that are repeatedly coming up for you but she also understands that busy moms can't always do that so her alternative to that was to just think about it in your head maybe even before you open your eyes in the morning um so the p for physical just it what we do there is just go to our body how are we feeling in our body is there pain anywhere are we feeling anxious are we feeling um really light and joyful and grateful um what what are we feeling is there a tightness anywhere is there Um, are we warm, are we cold, um, did we sleep well the night before, do we feel, still still feel tired? Um, what are the physical sensations that are happening in your body? The next is intellectual. So where is our mind? Where are our thoughts? Are we thinking about something that happened the day before? Are we thinking about what is going to happen today? Are we running a list of our to-dos already in the morning? Um, where, what is, what are our thoughts doing? just checking in there the e was for emotional and so that's how we're feeling are we feeling happy sad angry frustrated scared anxious um are we feeling grateful are we feeling excited Um, there are so many feelings that to choose from so just check in what are you emotionally feeling in the moment and the s was for spiritual so um Kirsten said there's many ways to tap into how we're feeling spiritually, but she recommended one, which is to go to your breath and just to see how you're breathing. And if you've never paid attention to your breath, you will notice that your breath changes based on how you are feeling in the moment. So, what you may start to notice is that when you are uh, stressed or anxious, your breath tends to be a little shorter. It's hard to take a deep breath. Um, it tends to be a little ragged or or caught. I, I call it ragged because as you're breathing in, you may notice that it's not super smooth. It almost seems like it's getting caught on something. Um, and when you are feeling really relaxed and happy your breath tends to be deeper it tends to be slower and it tends to be smoother so just checking in with your breath how does it feel and and again each one of these things that you're checking in with you're just noticing you're not judging you're you don't have any you know opinion on it you are just um you are just noticing and it gives you a little snapshot a little picture of how you are doing that day and that just gives us awareness really the point of this exercise is for awareness because all all change starts with awareness um so that is a mindfulness exercise that i encourage you to do this week to try out this week i'll give you a second one um which is tapping into your intuition we, we talked about at the end of the show and i was asking kirsten how for someone who maybe hasn't been strengthening their intuition muscle how do they know when they are following their intuition versus they're accessing the thinking mind and kirsten recommended going to our body so if we have to make a decision about something and we're not sure if we are following our intuition or if our brain is actually talking to us, right? Our thoughts are different than our intuition, but it does get very confusing. Um, she recommended going to our bodies. So closing our eyes, thinking about making one decision and seeing how that feels in the body How is, Does it feel in your chest in your belly, um, in your head and your arms and legs, and then think about making the other decision or the opposite decision and going to your body and seeing how it feels when you're thinking about making that decision to see if we can start learning to hear our intuition through our body. So those are two exercises that you can try this week. And I will be recapping everything that we talked about in this show, in my newsletter, as always. So if you're not signed up for that, please sign up for it. Again, it's in the, all the same places that you can get the guide, which is in the show notes and in the bio of my Facebook page, as well as my Instagram. Um, and then of course, you can always email me at mom on the verge podcast at gmail.com if you want me to send it to you directly or add you to my list. Um, so please sign up. We um, always do a great job at recapping the show and reinforcing the concepts that were talked about on the show. I hope that you have an absolutely wonderful week this week, and I look forward to hearing from you. And if you are interested in joining that meditation uh, series that I'm going to offer in December, reach out to me as well. You can you know, hit me up on any of my socials or on my email um, and let me know that you're interested, Um, and then I can pull something really beautiful together. Okay. Have a great week. I love you all so much. Talk to you soon. Hi everyone if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes i ask that you please like the show follow subscribe or share the way that podcasts work is the more people that do one of those things the more likely it is that when someone's looking for a podcast to listen to our show will pop up for them i started this podcast because I really see there's a great need in our world for people to feel more peace, joy, love, and acceptance in their lives. And I think we can do that when we have a greater sense of self-awareness, we could become conscious creators of our own lives. And I'm seeking to do that for as many people as possible. So if you could help me by liking, sharing, or subscribing to the show, I'd really appreciate it and hopefully, someone hears a conversation that changes their life. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time. Much love.